Hey, welcome to another thrilling episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Uh, we got a, a very special guest in the studio this morning, and well, actually, I say this morning because it's morning where I'm recording this. When you listen to a podcast, you could be listening at 4 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I don't know, but let's get started. I think you're going to like this weekend's episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I've noticed that I get more views when I have a guest on the podcast. So in the last couple of weeks, I've had my daughter, my son, my wife, my other son, and now another special guest that I am not related to. But it turns out we met somewhere, talking to Leah Olson, and we're going to get to know Leah here in a second, but we met somewhere, we're trying to figure out where we met, right? Yes, a long time ago, I was working at the Timberwolves, I think somehow I was on your show. and Like 20 years uh, like ago, Like a though. long time ago, though. We were yes. kids back then. Yes, just babies. Yeah. And now we've run into each other again because you are working on something that I thought was really cool and really interesting, perfect fit for my podcast, which is all kind of about life lessons and learning from each other. And, you know, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. We can learn something from just about anybody. And you have kind of a, would you call it a cause or a movement or yeah. what is it that you're working on, Leah? I've been, I've been calling it a platform. A platform. Because it's just something I feel really strongly about that I've been talking a lot about. You know, okay. I'm a big sports person. Um, I've worked in sports for the Timberwolves and Lynx in the state high, high school basketball tournaments for boys and girls my entire career. And I also played for the Gophers and because of sports. Now, I was the six foot one, 13 year old girl who like barely weighed 125 pounds. Okay, you were that girl. Yes, yeah. I was that girl. So the awkward years were difficult. And so sports gave me that confidence and really opened up my world because it was the first time I really felt like I fit in somewhere and understood where this body belonged. And from that day, when I first made the team at South High School in Minneapolis, I have felt um, that sports provided something to me. So I feel like I would like to give something back to sports. So that's what brought me to creating Rethink the Win, as we've seen a lot of changes in sports, in particular youth sports. Okay, now you... Do call this, and I'll stop right here for a second. Rethink the win, I think, is a very powerful and fitting name for this. Now, I, I, I told Leah before we started the podcast, I said, I don't come from an athletic family. I played Little League Baseball. I think I got on base once when because when you get hit with a pitch, they let you get a walk. So I think I got That's on right. base one time. Another time, I remember running between bases, and my runner's hat, my no, my runner's helmet fell off, and I stopped to pick it up. And that if you stop to pick it up, then you get, you know, you're going to get thrown out. So I'm not a super athletic person. My kids, Allison played volleyball. Carson was in Little League. So I'm not from a big athletic family. And we were talking before we started about families that are super athletic and and really kind of to the extreme like hockey families in Minnesota or maybe basketball, football families. And that's great. Yes. Love it. But some of that I don't understand. So rethink the win is not about your average hockey family. It's probably not about your average baseball family, but maybe the people that are on the... I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is it targeted toward people on the extreme, or is it kind of uh, everybody? Not really, because what we're seeing right now in youth sports is that um, we're asking young people to commit to playing year-round in um, youth sports at a very young age, sometimes as young as seven and eight years old, that they have to select a sport that they're going to play 
for their rest of their high school career and if they're lucky enough to move on. And so to do that, that means you have to give up a lot of other things. You have to give up a lot of social activities. Um, You have to be prepared to, um, you're taking a course that usually only elite athletes used to take. And now everyone is trying to take that route. And what it's done is put a lot of pressure on athletes because now there's not really a great space just to go out and play. I mean, we all want to be competitive. We all want to play. Um, but usually, it used to be that um, you would come out, you would play for the team, and then some people would quit. The next, the best athletes would move on. And now I think there's a sense that we can all be the greatest athletes, so we have to um, instill in our kids that they need to play all the time. And it creates an intensity around the sport. Um, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of, Um, umpires not wanting to be involved in games because they're being yelled at by um, parents. Um, A lot of kids who are um, in volleyball, they have um, the kids be line judges, parents yelling at the line judges, um, parents getting kicked out of games. There's an intensity around youth sports right now because I think everyone is hoping to get that scholarship. When did that start? Because there were signs up eight years ago or so when my kid played Little League that said, you know, hey, remember the umpire is a 13-year-old kid. He's just a kid. Don't yell at him like an adult. So when do you think that all started Kind of turning over. I really think it's probably been like the past, um, so all of my kids' careers, probably the past 15, 20 years that we've really seen this big shift. And we have a very competitive society. Everyone is hoping What we know about sports is that it's really good for your kids to participate in sports because they're more active later on in life. There's all of these, especially for female athletes, less likely to get involved in drugs, less likely to get pregnant, all these wonderful things that come from it. So we know it's great to put kids in sports. But what's happening now is that we're, um, I think, part of it because it's so difficult to pay for college. It's so expensive to get kids in college that there's this hope that if we can get the college scholarship, okay, then we can um, our kids will be able to do that. But we, as we know that the the college scholarship for athletes is just for an elite small group of people, um, and very few people will have that experience. So the experience I would like to see all athletes have is that, yes, you get to participate. Yes, you play. Someone loses, someone wins, but you have a good experience, and then you can take from whatever you want from that for the rest of your life. Because for me, sports was really about confidence, um, opening doors for me, um, teammates, learning how to be a leader, um, and all these little intrinsic skills that came through sports. And I think those get lost when we just focus on the win. And so that's why why the reform... um, it's called Rethink the Win. Rethink the Win. Yeah. I like I'm that. trying to get you to think a little differently as you're playing. It's not just about, I have to win the fifth grade tournament. It's really about what else can my kid get out of this game? What is he learning in today? If his team lost today, what did he learn from that? How did he get better today? Because that's really what sports has the ability to teach us. Um, and so, and I think we all lose focus because we all want to win so much. And I'm a competitive person too, so this is not about Everyone should have a trophy. I always like to make that clear. I like to win. I'm competitive, all of that. Sure. But it is about there is more to sports than winning, in particular at the younger ages. And what we're seeing is um, for the first time we're actually seeing less kids participate in sports, in particular team sports, because of the pressure that's surrounding That's really sad because Mm -hmm. 
that just seems so it seems so common sense that you know little Cindy or little Bobby should be able to go play baseball or basketball and have fun without that pressure but are you seeing pressure from like five-year-old hockey kids to 10-year-old basketball girls like is it kind of all over now it is you know it's interesting because every sports every sport has its own dynamic um and then it really depends around the country too because obviously minnesota is a big hockey state so hockey is probably for sure our most intense sport here but if you go around the country in the south it's really football that really gets us going and then basketball for texas you know so it's all different sports around the country but um Traditional sports like gymnastics, you've always had to start really young. Tennis, those are sports that we've always known that if you're going to, you know, participate in the Olympics, you got to start when you're two. But now we've kind of shifted it for all sports. And so um, what happens then is you miss a lot of other opportunities um, if you're committing to youth sports year-round at a very young age. Um, and so I'm still – I still – really encourage people to participate in sports to get their kids involved, but just have some balance in there that um, there's, there's going to be a lot of lessons learned. Um, it's, it's super healthy for your kids to be involved. The, the one stat I always love when I speak to athletes is um, kids who participate in sports um, do better after graduation and they tend to make more money than non-athletes. And so there's, there's a lot of positives, but it has nothing to do with being a division one athlete um, getting a scholarship. It's just about learning to participate, learning how to get along with people, learning how to be a leader, those skills. I think, you know, obviously those are really important. And I, I totally understand that having never, like I said, not an athletic family. I tell people, well, you know, not every kid is athletic. And this is one thing that I, that I really believe in coming from a family of moderately okay athletes. Okay. I think athletics rewards the kids that are fast, that are tall, that are strong. Not every boy and girl is fast or tall or strong. And I worry about those kids being told, oh, well, your worth is in box A because you're not fast or tall or strong or assertive. My daughter was strong and tall and fast, but not assertive in volleyball. So she spent a lot of time on the, on the bench. So I guess what I'm saying is that there are other ways to get your self-esteem other than just sports, because what do you ha- what do you do when you have a kid? Like, for example, let's say that mom and dad over here really want their daughter to be in basketball, but her daughter, their not daughter's just not really that gifted. Yep. So, what do you do with that? Do, do you let the obviously you don't let mom and dad continue to push because it's not going to work. Well, I think you see that on a lot of teams is that um, oftentimes the coach will see one thing; they'll just see a kid that's an average athlete and mm-hmm. isn't really getting that much playing time. Yeah. Then you go home and the parents are saying, no, you should be playing more. And what you're really doing is you're creating an issue for your kid and your athlete because, um, you know, kids tend to know, or I'll say athletes tend to know where they are in the pecking order. It's just kind of a natural thing that happens. When we know how good we are we, or are how we bad really we are. Do. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so there, there should be a space for every level of athlete. So really, if you're just there, when my daughter played volleyball, it was very much about being social. She wasn't trying to get to college. Okay, through it. She wanted it. the friends. She wanted the schedule. And that's one of the great parts about it. It puts you around people who are doing healthy things. So that there should be a space for those athletes. Um, and so, yeah, so the, you do have to um, understand that it's not, there's all these different traits that come out of being a great person, a great athlete, and not all of them are going to come from sports. Right. And so I think, I think we're asking right now, and I think it's parents who really, really want 
um, their kids to be successful, and they think that we can kind of create these athletes, and you can't. You know, athletes, great athletes, yes, are uh, they're just something different and special that come through, right? Um, but most of our kids who are average athletes are amazingly special too, but they have different skills that they're learning from sports. We talked about um, uh, uh, coaches, or we talked briefly hit on coaches. The parents are liable in pushing their kids too hard, but coaches are also either they're pressured or they're pressuring the kids to uh, play harder than the kids want to. Which is it? Are the coaches under a lot of pressure too? Well, I think right now what we're seeing is the coaches kind of blame the parents and the parents are blaming the coaches. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, so I think that a lot, everyone kind of believes in this theory that we should still be able to have three sport athletes because that sounds more healthier. That's kind of the old school way where you could play all year round, all different sports. Um, But what happens really is that once you get into your sport, um, coaches don't want you to leave to go do your other sports. They want you to continue to play the same sport in the off season. Wow. So even though they say they support that, there's pressure put on the athletes saying, well, you're going to miss practices. You're going to. Um, and so that's, that's a pressure I believe that's put on from the coaches. I think the parents put a pressure on two coaches when they're, cause they want their kids to play more. And there's always going to be a, in almost every team. There's some issues with, my kid doesn't play enough, right? Because everyone wants to play. Yep. But it just it's always there's always going to be that issue in sports. So there's always going to be more players than playing time. Now, I do I did see that in my limited exposure to sports when my daughter Allison played, she played for Chaska, the volleyball team. They they, they got her in in ninth grade on the junior varsity team cuz she was tall. She was taller than most girls. She was like 5 foot 8 when she was in 8th grade. So they brought her in, but they quickly realized, and we all realized, that she wasn't aggressive. And in volleyball, it's like you can't say, you got it. Well, you got it. And it's like, no, I've got this yes. ball. And there were girls on the team who were like, I got the ball. Get out of my way. So she would play about two points in a game, and then she'd sit out. But we knew why. But with my son, Carson, he was in third grade playing football, and he never got, he didn't get to play very often. Now, the coach's kid was really talented. There's no denying he was really talented. Okay. That kid was on the field every play offense and defense. So I called the coach one time and I said, well, coach, here I was, the parent calling in to say, why doesn't my kid get to play? (laughs) And he told me this. He said, Carson doesn't listen. And so he gave me a straight answer. He says he doesn't listen. I'll I'll tell him, Carson, you're up. And he'll be over there playing with a stick in the sand. And so, um, so sometimes parents have a legitimate complaint maybe and some parents don't have a legitimate complaint yeah that's a really interesting story because it's it's very cool that you were able to accept that from the coach because that is usually what coaches will tell me is that um, it's not always about who's the most talented kid it's who's the most coachable yeah and who um, who's willing to step up who's willing to get there early all of those things that parents don't necessarily see and we don't always we don't as parents we don't see our kids in those spaces and so to be able to say, okay, I can accept, you know what, if he's not listening, he's not going to play. That's part of the lessons of being in sports because next time with, you know, if he wants the job or whatever it is, I bet yeah. he's going to do that, right? You bet. Well, he's, pr- he's improved a little bit. By the end of that season, his award was most improved listener. So, so he did improve. Most okay. Improved so, listener. I loved it. I love it. Um, uh, now, let me talk about this. Okay. And, and by the way, I want to get eventually to what the goal is, okay. the goal okay. is for sure. Um, but I went to a speech one time from Mary Lou Retton, Mary Lou Retton, legendary Olympian uh, gymnast. And uh, 
her parents discovered when she was like nine or 12 or something like that, that where she was going to Olympic or um, gymnastics school was not good enough for her. It's kind of like Lindsey Vaughn was learning at Buck Hill and her parents said, Buck Hill is not for you. We're going to send you to Vail or Aspen. How do you know when your kids are good enough to go to Vail or to go to the gymnastics academy in Florida to move three states away? How do you know when that kid is, your kid is ready? Yeah, I think it's pretty apparent. So here's what I think most of us don't know, um, myself included. My, my son's a good athlete. My daughter was an average athlete. Um, when you hit a level that is um, people are noticing, it's different for every sport, but it's usually like I can see it in basketball. I can see when a kid's at a different level that okay. he needs to be on a different team. He should be traveling at a different level so he can or he or she can continue to get better. So I think what parents have to understand, if you're in high school and you haven't seen those traits, if coaches aren't calling and telling you that, if, if, but you're still thinking that, it probably isn't going to happen. Those skills tend to come out pretty early. Pretty early. Yes. So like early teens probably. Yes. Okay. And if they're not out by then, they're probably going to be a good player, but not a great yep. player. Exactly. And there's so, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So like um, a buddy of my son on his baseball team, he was recruited um, by the college baseball team Vanderbilt um, in eighth grade. In eighth grade. Okay. So that's wow. how young it's getting in certain sports, probably in most sports. So and and every once in a while, kids get missed, and sometimes kids grow late, so they get a late burst, all of those things. You know, we hear those stories. Those do exist, but it is rare because everyone is watching everyone. Athletes, great athletes, people have their eyes on them everywhere. So usually if your kid is moving to the above average stage, you're going to know by the attention, by the way he's playing, and if he's starting to get invited, he or she invited to special camps, et cetera. So what is our goal here? What can we, who's our target audience? Are we talking to parents? Are we talking to coaches? Are we talking to schools? Who are we getting this message to? So my first goal is just to get out to um, parents and coaches and athletes. And so I try to go to, um, you know, speak directly to the teams, go to the schools. They're like when you're starting a season, sometimes you have a big meeting. I'll come to speak at those. And that's really just to say, hey, listen, um, here's the perspective that you should come into this season with. This is great that your kids are participating in sports. Allow them to do this on their own and just kind of give them some stories. I don't tell them how to parent at all. All I do is I give them stories from my um, long career in sports, from athletes I know in my own stories of how this can be a great experience for everybody. And I think that's really the key, especially if you're spending as much time as these young kids are spending in sports. You want them to come out and say that I'm a better person because of it. So that's my first thing I'm doing. Then I also go directly, um, I do speak to elite athletes, and I consider elite athletes high school level and college level because now to play on your high school team, you basically have to be an elite athlete. And um, to get them to see that there is, they have to see a bigger picture for themselves than just being an athlete. Athletes tend to over-identify with being athletes. And so, and it's so fun and exciting that as soon as that ends, for most of us it ends in high school or even before, but then college athletes are so over busy with their sports that sometimes they don't have the peripheral vision to look and say, oh, my God, what, what do I want to do here when I'm done? So I go in, coaches will bring me in to kind of um, give them a game plan to help them work through that so they aren't caught off guard. Um, 
athletes tend to have a big drop in confidence as soon as they're done playing sports. And so, so one is, my, is I just like to see myself as an advocate for athletes as well to help yeah. them have a better time. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, and then lastly, with my um, broadcasting background is using um, interviews that I can get from professional athletes to help tell their stories. Because I think sometimes when we hear from the professional athletes, that's kind of what everyone's looking up to, right? Is that's what I want to be sometimes. Their stories, their pains, their struggles, their failures, and their successes can really help the younger athletes. And I think younger athletes listen to them. So I'm hoping to bring those stories to the younger athletes as well. You know, you're so right when you talk about how athletes identify as an athlete because we all know the cliche of the high school quarterback, and he's the one who walks the hallways in his yep. number 12 jersey on game day, and everybody's like, oh, wow, he's really cool. Or the basketball star, and everybody knows, oh, wow, she's badass because she's like the captain of the basketball team, and and they identify as that. And then after graduation, when they go to Concordia and they study marketing and all the athletics, you know, they play in a, you know, like a club team, whatever, right. then it's a whole different totally world. different. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important to realize, like, you, you learned a lot of skills that can transfer to your regular life now. Yeah. And so use that leadership skill that, that you had on the court. And now bring that to your job or bring that to helping other people. And so that's one of the things I really work with athletes because athletes still are considered the biggest leaders in their schools. So it um, that role has been put on them. And so I try to encourage them to use it for the better. Very cool. Where can we find out more, Leah? Is there a website? Is there a resource, a Facebook page, anything where I can find out more? Yeah, you can go to um, my website, which is RethinkTheWind.com, and um, also on Facebook, it's RethinkTheWind.com. And um, I would, um, comments, questions, if you want me to come out, speak to athletes, any of that, that's really, this is to me my give back, because sports has just been a really important part of my life. And so, um Trying to help athletes, parents have a better experience in sport is the way I feel like I can. Are you are you on the forefront of this? Are there other people who are starting to see this yeah. too? Are you the cutting edge of this? This is, um, um, I won't say exactly the cutting edge. There's a couple of bigger organizations out there that are doing this kind of work. Some are a little different. There's like the Positive Coaching Alliance, which is just trying to help coaches be more positive with athletes. There is a group called the um, Change the Game Project, and they're really working on changing the culture of youth sports. So it can be just a little bit more enjoyable for families and not so stressful. I want to ask you one last question. Um, how do you know if you're, we, we sometimes don't recognize our own flaws. How do you know if you're pushing your kid too hard? Or how do you know if your kid is showing signs of being pushed too hard? Well, first and foremost, I say if, you, if you're pushing your kid to go to practice and they're not enjoying the game, then I would, I would stop to have the conversation. Are you sure you still want to participate? Because your athletes should, if they're really enjoying themselves, you shouldn't be having to push them to get to practices or for sure don't, not pushing them to get to games. So I always encourage parents before every season, sit down with your athlete and say, are you still interested in playing and why are you playing? Because I, once sometimes when you hear the why, it allows you to go, oh, they're just playing because they want this group of friends. Or no, he really wants to get to college, so how can we help facilitate that? And so... Just having those questions, I will say this. The one thing I hear parents say that I haven't ever found to be true is when you're yelling in the stands, most parents will say, my kid likes to hear that. I have found when I talk to athletes, it's very conflicting for them to hear their parents yelling 
while their coaches are trying to coach them. It's really? very conflicting because who do I go with? I'm supposed to be with my team, my coach, and roll this way, but my dad's yelling, no, do this and do that. And they're trying to serve two different people. So I always say let them have the experience. Um, let it be theirs. And you sit down and just clap your hands and cheer them on. And I think that's how we can be is, our best. Is there a lot of that kind of cliche like, well, I did well in school and now I'm going to live vicariously through my daughter who also does really well in school and mom is in the stands yelling, Leah, run faster, pay attention, Leah. And the coaches, is, is there is there is it because I'm reliving what I went through? Well, the, the thing that's interesting about sports is that it's just it's super emotional to watch your kids. I don't think there's anything else quite like it. You know, you, if you go to kid your kids band practice or a concert, yeah. it's really fun to watch them, but you don't get emotional about yeah. it. Sports there's this real emotion that we have as a country. We value sports at a very high level in this country and around the world. So it, it does elicit a lot of emotions. And so I think that's kind of the start of it is where we kind of have to put ourselves in check is if, am I, if I'm not helping the game right now, maybe I should just sit back and enjoy it. You know, you're so right because you, you're telling me things that I never thought about. When Carson um, played Little League Baseball, one, he was about 11 or 12 years old, and one, they would rotate positions. And one night they had him pitch. And he was an okay pitcher, but this night he was on fire. And I was so proud. And the coach all of a sudden treated Carson like he was a superstar. He's like, Carson, you need a Gatorade? Carson, you okay? You, you, are you hot? You, you need a break? You want to rest for a minute? You want a Gatorade? And I'm like, wow, he's a superstar for the rest of that game. They yes. put him to, he was a pitcher again next game, and it was not pretty. So very yeah. interesting. Well, pitching is amazing because all eyes are on you oh, when yeah. you're pitching. That's what's crazy about baseball. But I will say this, that um, if – it is very difficult, and that's why I think as parents, we um, like for myself, when if I'm watching my son play basketball when he was younger, I would actually have to go take the book um, and just, you know, doing the scores and everything because that way I could just enjoy it and not be vocal with it because he had told me that he didn't want to hear me yelling because I, I asked the question, Are, do, you, do you care if I yell? He yeah. said, I do. So Good it, that he told you, right? Yeah, so he yeah. told me so then I sit and take the book because basketball, because I know basketball so well, um, that is where my emotions lie. Now, when he plays baseball, I can just sit and enjoy and not have any stress. So I think we do just kind of have to check ourselves as parents. But that's what's great about sports is it's just there is something that's super unique and special about it. Um, but let's just keep it fun and keep it calm and kind of put it in perspective. It's such a great message, and it's called, uh, it's all based on the idea of Rethink the Win. The website is RethinkTheWin.com. That's correct. There's information to contact you with questions, maybe advice, um, speaking engagements, yep. uh, anything like that. Leah Olson, thank you so much for being on uh, the podcast. We appreciate it. And um, if you write a book someday, then let us know, and we'll, we'll, we'll plug do. that, too. Yeah, I, I did it. You can it, do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rethinkthewind.com. Any final thoughts? Just thank you for having me out, and I just hope everyone has a great season with their kids, and they can just go out and enjoy it. It's a really short time of life, but super fun. That is so true. My kid just turned 18. He's going to college in another month. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it really is Way a short go. time of it life. Is. So, hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Check out the book. It's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's available on Amazon. Uh, also, Itasca Books. There's a uh, Facebook page. It's um, just search Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It'll pop up by the time you get to the word shower, I think. Uh, and then comment on the Facebook page. 
And if you got any comments, then send me an email to DaveRyan at KDWB.com. Thank you for listening to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thank you.